0: And it gets your face, like, warmed up. Super serious.
1: serious. For nothing fun or funny ever, 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 ever happens. This is a super serious thing. I don't even like dogs. Super serious. We often dance, just so you know, because there's always intro. Music. I mean,
2: <laughs> I'm pretending that there's music here. I can put some on.
1: <laughs> don't break... The fourth wall, (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of Super Serious Dog Podcast. As you can tell, we have a super serious, super serious guest today. Um, Joining us, she's currently in Maine, but she's from Boston. Hannah-Lore Tice of Boston for the Dogs. Yes, that's that's me. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for having me,
2: ladies. I'm excited to be here.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us. Um, So, icebreaker question. Because, you know, once we start actually talking, I'm going to just forget and not ask.
0: <laughs> yeah. This often yeah. happens as our icebreaker <laughs> question. We end up asking it like way late in the episode. Like, By the way, <laughs> let's break the ice now. It's like when
2: three ADD ladies get together and we have absolutely no idea what we're talking about anymore. That's mm-hmm. you know? yeah, mm-hmm.
1: a fun yeah. time. Awesome. That's 100%. Awesome. Okay. So you can, you can decide... If you want to list this for all your dogs or just one of them, but what would be your dog's favorite or least favorite chore? Like household chores, like think of like laundry and that kind of shit.
2: Well, nobody wants to do the laundry ever, (laughs) right? Nobody, including the people I live with. Meaning Corey,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> damn no! Wow. Called know. out, yeah. shots fired. Right. Everybody, <laughs> I love
0: him.
2: I love him. No. Um, okay, so Marshall, um, what would his bad chore be or not chore? It, it would Marshall? be like which one Marshall's my deaf like special needs alien baby that lives in the jail that he j- breaks out of the jail and sleeps on the expensive couch instead that one right um, um, i don't know this is hard mopping <laughs>
1: okay. and
2: vacuuming mm. right back mm,
1: yeah vacuuming is pretty then, uh, therapeutic in my opinion honestly. so
2: i think vacuuming is one of my favorite i have four vacuums that i just <laughs> rotate which one i use it's super Did i've been testing them i i
1: might i mean i
0: haven't got they haven't earned names yet but they will <laughs> I just bought a new vacuum. I'm so excited. Yeah. What did you get? What did you get? Uh, I believe it's a Hoover. Okay. It was on sale. Okay. So, oh. I was like, on sale? It's usually like $150 and it's 50. Give <laughs> oh, me that. Give sale. me that. It says it'll work great. We'll find out. I will put it to the test. I-
2: you know, I have four sharks, so I'm oh, a like shark person. You're a shark
0: mm-hmm. person. I had one of those yeah. for a long time. I broke it. Yeah, I mean they do eventually. We abuse them. Yeah, like, I, I beat hair. the shit out of a vacuum. Like <laughs> and, uh, so much dog hair in my life. Like vacuum's got to be tough to live with me. I literally, uh, but I did try. I'm trying
2: out the new Bissell Crosswaves, which is a vacuum and
1: a mop. Interesting.
2: Oh, interesting. So you vacuum first. So so Marshall likes to make a mess, and um, yeah, and that's why I, I chose mopping. Like a and, like uh, a vacuuming. poopy, like a poopy mess. Or so like a, he has like some sensory me- issues, and okay. he likes to pee himself in his sleep. He like walks. He's like a sleepwalker. Like like a frat boy, right? That's, <laughs> that's not like he's got pissing in really, bed. Yeah. Like well, like you know, like frat boys. I've seen this happen. Yes, unfortunately, I, they like. Get up and they like pee in a closet or something uh-huh. like, and they don't I'm know that. Familiar like with this
0: behavior? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Same. So that's Marshall. So I just was like, fine. I'm going to buy you your own fucking vacuum, and I vacuum, and then I mop every day. And he's like, thanks,
0: mom. That's so funny. Wow, wow. So yeah. I have I have tile. Would that work on tile? Do you think? So you a real could use bitch sometimes.
2: It is a real bitch, but you could use a steamer mop on the
1: tile well thank Gosh. you everybody for <laughs> coming into the vacuum and mop podcast
0: <laughs> dude we have dogs these things are important. important that's an Honestly, important thing yeah.
1: <laughs> our listeners probably would appreciate this discussion in full detail of like what we yeah. use maybe one day we yeah. should do like a products we like for cleaning stuff jot, jot that got. down we'll, we'll do that yeah. later we do have other topics, though, today. Um, okay, great. And uh, you already know that. Don't say, okay, great, like you don't already know.
0: <laughs> Surprise me.
1: <laughs> so earlier this week, I called Hanalore because I was like, I need some advice with this this client. Because I was just, I got some texts, and I was pissed. So between the Friday of the phone consult and the Monday of the lesson, like this client had texted me and was like, You know what? I'm actually not going to read. I don't have time. And this person just got a puppy and I was, I was pretty frustrated naturally because if you don't have time to read, you don't have time for a puppy, a dog, right? Like, and especially, um, like because I I also worked with her and I was very cognizant of like hey I'm short on time too so I do audiobooks so I specifically sent her audiobooks because she said that would work better right and so I called her and I was frustrated and I was fuming and honestly like there's probably other things bothering me because it upset me a little too much a little more than it <laughs> normally would but it kind of got us on this tangent of like kind of us knowing our value and kind of knowing what clients to accept and which ones not to accept because you know for some of our listeners who may have been the good client, the best client, or the, the bad client at some point, right? Like, you don't you don't know what goes on behind the scenes. And most people assume like, oh, cool. Yeah, like any trainer will, will take anybody. But that's absolutely not true. Um, and it's not just skill level either. Um, so it kind of got us on this tangent. And Handler gave me some really great advice and was like, just tell him to fuck off. And no, I'm just kidding. She didn't say that.
0: <laughs> I want to hear this Man, I really were. great advice. I, I would love this. Cause I have found yeah. myself in this situation many a time.
2: Well, I think I'll let you guys, I'm sorry. I interrupted.
1: No, you. no, this was, forget. she was asking you. Yeah.
2: Oh, you know, so my biggest thing is, is that I really feel that, like I don't get along with, uh, let me sit re- reword this not everybody likes me right <laughs> and and um and and there's a, a trainer out there for everybody that can tolerate different levels but at this end of the day like we know what we're worth because of the amount of time and energy we've put into developing who mm-hmm. we are and the yep. culture and the community that we want at to represent us like Boston for the dogs I I represent kind of like a very niche type of people. The people that come into Boston the dogs are like on board and I filter out the people that aren't, you know? So I think like, you know, my, like in my intake calls, I really just kind of talk about what my culture and my community is like, Hey, we are people that do my dog training is a lifestyle. It's not necessarily doing training sessions. So, you know, like that is what represents me and what represents you two is going to be totally different. But knowing that value and like that is the type of person that you are looking for is so important because people start to seek you out because of that, right? Like I am seeked out because I've had people come like, I don't have a community. Like I'm kind of lost. Like I love my dog and I want more for my dog. And like you guys do all these really cool community things with your dogs And like, that's what I made. So if you guys knowing your value and standing up for that value will bring you the right type of clients. And I kind of like even said, I said, a lot of times I go into lessons thinking I'm going to hate somebody. And then I realize they just didn't know what they didn't know. Mm -hmm. And now they, I get that like one tagline in my, in my lesson that is like that aha moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of just like, how do we, how do we communicate that so we can find that piece, you know? So again, knowing your value and remembering that not every client is the right client for you. And then also I think the biggest thing is, is remembering that the, the customer isn't always right. Yep.
1: Yep. You know,
0: and that's kind
2: of like my big,
0: big takeaway from that. So that's, that's a difficult one for me to swallow. I mean, I, I have started to swallow that pill, mm-hmm. um, but I, gr- mm-hmm. I grew up, I, my first jobs were all in the service industry where the customer mm-hmm. is always right and you were just there to serve the customer. So shifting. And then I also worked for people. So shifting to working on my own, that's something I've struggled with is being like, no, actually you're, you're wrong. You're fucking wrong. You're really wrong. <laughs> yeah.
1: And you know, I think um, this can also be twisted on the flip side, right? So we get a lot of inquiries, a lot of people reach out to us and they're like, can you can you train my dog to do something absurd? And you're like, no, go away or here's talk to this person because they do it better mm-hmm. than me or whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think on the other end, like I, I think clients should know their value too. There's plenty of times where I've had clients come to me And, like, even today, um, one of my long-term clients is doing puppy class at, like, three different places with one of their puppies because they really want to make sure that she's solid. Um, She she can be defensive, just her breed in in general. And um, they're, like, really frustrated with this one puppy class because it went from, like, yay, puppy play to this, like, intermediate. It's supposed to be – it's kind of marketed as, like, a half-hybrid, like, There's still gonna be some social and then it'll start working on obedience type of stuff. It's not meant for Mm -hmm. six-month-old puppy, it's meant for like four month-old puppies, but Mm -hmm. they totally mismarketed it and all the advice that they're being given is basically wrong, not necessarily wrong, just inappropriate for them given like the skills and the knowledge that they do already have, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and and they are about frustrated. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who, who feel this way. And sometimes like, yeah, we get, we as humans can feel a little over entitled. But if you're in that situation and you're like, I really don't appreciate what's happening in class, or I really don't yeah. appreciate what my trainer is doing, like speak up. You should know your value and you should value your dog. And you have to advocate for your dog in that situation. And I'm not just talking about abuse either, right? I'm talking about yeah. just like dumb shit where like you hear a trainer repeat the the command a thousand times and you already know better not to do that it's like or they're using the know wrong value ever yeah know your value and value yourself and if you need to leave and break that contract break the contract because honestly there nobody's going to pursue any kind of litigation um over that kind of stuff
2: <laughs> and i think with that about. even too is is that like It's how do you set the bar and how do you like for yourself, you know, like we don't like every single client that I talk to, I always say, we don't know what we don't know. So sometimes a client doesn't know they're not getting the value until they have the experience of something else. So that client of yours that has three different classes that they're going to has three different examples Mm -hmm. of value, right? So how do we you know, in this weird world of what we're doing, how do you create a standard of the value? It's like, I have experienced clients with inexperienced dogs. Like I wish like I could create a puppy class for advanced humans and new puppies. Mm -hmm. Right. And then have the like new dog, new puppy, new human, new, Mm -hmm. you get what I'm saying. Right. Like, it's just like, you know, there are different but then you also in the same side of it though, how many times do I get on the phone? Mm. I have a dog growing up and I race it. And I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, but this is different. And it's this is a the diff- same totally dog. different dog. Yeah. Totally different dog. You're not training the dog in front of you. You're training like a country dog. This was another conversation I had today. about yeah. the difference between city dogs and country dogs,
1: you know, Big um,
2: <laughs> fuck dude. I mean, yeah, totally. um, I was talking to my sister actually about it. Cause we had labs growing up that just like never were on a leash and they would go visit the neighbors and that was cool. And now uh-huh. I like freak out if like Layla goes around the corner of the house in a fenced <laughs> yard and I'm freaking out and I'm that yeah. person in the neighborhood, Layla! you know, it's just
1: <laughs> totally different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, you said something that kind of like sparked me a little bit, right. Where, Oh God, now I'm losing it. Hold on. What was it? A.D.D. moment. Ah. Yeah, there's
2: so much that I just said.
1: (laughs) Um, No, it was before. Oh, shit. Then I just started really picturing like you screaming about your dog (laughs) going around the corner. And I was like, I. And
2: usually I'm in like my silky robe and like no bra. It's 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 a scene.
1: Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Oh, I know what it was. It was about, um, you were talking about like, sometimes you wish that you could have an advanced human beginner dog class. Right. Yes. Um, and sometimes honestly that, that sounds nice, but sometimes breaking things up too much can be bad. Yep. Right. Um, mm-hmm. however, I think, you know, as you kind of grow your staff and all that kind of stuff, I think it's important that we get good at kind of recognizing those people and giving them outlets and giving them things to do and kind of putting more responsibility on them in class and like maybe even uplifting them like, hey, I want you to come help. I want you I to come up with this person, like maybe split everybody into pairs and don't tell everybody, hey, you're the worst. So I'm pairing you with you're the best, right? Yeah. Doing things like that and giving them an opportunity to teach. Because I mean, I've heard tons of stories of like people's clients turning into their best trainer that they have, Um, but also (laughs) being able to differentiate and essentially, you know, like say like, you're you're doing really great. Here's, we're going to do all of this, but hey, you over there in the corner, I want you to do this modified version that's more advanced because you're there. Right, it's um, like every
2: workout I've ever done is the yeah. modified
1: version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and and I think like if if our listeners, if if you've ever felt like you're being underutilized and stuff, then say something. Right, be like, hey, I would like to help, or hey, like excuse me, how do I, my dog's doing too good? Or we do this all the time. How can I make this harder? Because if you don't speak up, like, especially if you're in a big class, it's like 30 people or something like that, super easy to get overlooked. And you have to, again, you have to advocate for yourself and for your dog. And if you've said something time and time again, right, and it's just not advanced, well, then maybe you've outgrown that place and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Maybe you need to look to the stars. (laughs) Yeah. And I think
2: what's really fun. I always make the joke, uh, with my trainers. Um, the reason that I spend so much time like learning about is, is that I have clients that could potentially out train me. Yeah. Like I, it's like, I, I've created a monster in itself because of how I've created Boston for the dogs. Again, it's a lifestyle. These are like, you know, I've incorporate training into every single thing I do. And it's so funny because they're on their Instagrams, and that like I'll like run into them, and they'll be like helping their friends, and also like just like when we were all in school, right? Our teachers would be like, "Okay, explain to the class how to do this." Mm-hmm. Sometimes the best way to proof it for ourselves is explaining it to somebody else, and I think that that's like we do that actually in my practice in the park class. Like I'm like, okay, like I'm going to use Emily as an example because. But she's always my example and I always make her do it because you know she's my best training client. I'm like, come on, baby, come teach with me. Um, I'm like, okay, explain how you do this with your super nervous dog. Right. And then I'll go over and talk to another, I'll ask another client, be like, okay, so how would you explain this with the, how you do the exercise with your like super reactive dog? So it's like giving all of these opportunities for these people to use those experiences to teach other people. Um, especially because my classes that I teach, my practice in the park, are all levels. Like mm. I have okay. like super reactive dogs that just started training to like CGC CGCA CGCU because I feel like I'm creating that real life situation that those dogs that already mm-hmm. know it get to proof around yeah. these like dogs yeah. that aren't even base, you know. And it's it's like the most amazing proofing experience ever. And awesome. um and that's why we do it. But giving those you, clients just like what you say, that opportunity yeah. to, to teach in their class is so awesome.
1: Yeah. Do you did you set out to set up your group class like that? Or is that just yeah. kind of happened that way? Nice. I look yeah. Courtney and I came from a place where we had like beginner or like, yeah, beginner advanced and then we had like reactive dogs, which mm-hmm. I I no longer believe in the reactive only dog class. I think that's pretty good to do, but, um, it, you know, you don't know what you don't know until you don't, until you learn something new. So it's, it's all good.
2: Uh, I think I do it because again, like I love those stable dogs. Also a lot of my quote unquote stable dogs were reactive dogs, right? Mm -hmm. They came to me one year, two years, three years ago as these exact dogs that are now in my class. And it's so cool because in practice, because of the community that we've created at Boston for the dogs, like, like my friend Ann zoom will just like reach over and be like, Hey, like, this is so cool to kind of see where I was. And like, this is Motley and this is what he's doing now. So it's like, Hey, I get it. You might be frustrated. This, like you might be having a hard day, but your hard days get you to this. Mm -hmm. And it's, just really cool like while i'm teaching somebody else they they like naturally started to like pair up and just like coach That's each cool. other and it's like community involvement and it is super fucking That's rad i like cool. didn't mean to do it it just became organic and it's awesome
1: yeah do i bet 20 bucks says you get this question sometimes Oh well, I don't want my dog to learn how to be bad from the other bad dogs in class, or I don't want my dog barking at the doorbell to teach my puppy to bark at the doorbell. What do you? So you know about?
2: what? I want to know what something? I don't get that class. I don't get that. Nice. I, I think I've gotten it like once. I usually get it. Is what if my dog is so bad you kick me out of class?
1: Ah, interesting.
2: Because I'm, we are known for working with reactive dogs. So everybody yeah. thinks their dog is the worst dog that we've ever had. And I'm like, Oh no.
1: <laughs> yeah. So
0: that's actually what everybody's biggest fear is. And do you have, do you have a worst dog you've ever had personally as a trainer? Do you have like a one um, that was like, wow, that one really, Oh, that dog. Whew.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had one, I had one of those. And, um, and hilariously, my worst dogs to me are dogs that won't crate train.
1: Mm-hmm. I
2: actually would take a bitey to hug over a dog that is like crate
1: destructive. Yeah, or that's crate, hard. Uh, mm-hmm. That's hard. And especially like you because can condition a lot. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's so. That's frustrating. That is one of the <laughs> yeah.
0: super frustrating because uh, I do board and trains out of my house. Mm -hmm. And I have cats. And so, like, if you have the potential to break out of the crate, we have a problem because you could break Mm -hmm. out and kill my cats if I'm not Mm -hmm. here. Uh, And then if you're screaming at me while I'm in bed in the morning or if I'm trying to take a shower or, you know, like, that's not okay. Like, I I need a peaceful, quiet home. Dude, I don't like it when you're not happy in the crate. That is yeah. one of the most frustrating things.
2: I actually, yeah. I'm going to be right there with you. And it, I was actually talking to my training team um, who we all work. With, like, I love my training team. Uh, like, I don't know if Cory Corey's probably said the same thing. Like we love our training team um, and we really collaborate a lot. And I think that like, it's if I'm ever like, Hey guys, what is the frustrating thing? It's like these, the list of the three dogs that never stop. And, yeah. you know, and it's like, you can change the crate size. You can ch- like, and these are dogs that are like, we're consistently doing crate work with also. So it's not yeah. like we're just throwing a dog in a crate sure. and expect, expecting them to be okay, you know, but the crate work is definitely the crate barking just makes me actually insane. And then I get frustrated and then I become a frustrated handler and then yeah. I made bad choices and then I'm not as smooth. It's like this, like, and then it affects the other dogs that I'm
0: working because now I'm fucking pissed
2: mm-hmm. and yeah. I'm out of spoons.
0: Yeah. Yep. 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 And, and you can, for, the and spoon I'm, theory really applies there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> very everywhere. much so. And I'm sure I mean, it's one of those things too. Spoons it's like, for
0: life, baby. No shit. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's babe. awesome. Yeah. Uh, for, for listeners life. who don't who don't watch Hannah Laura just showed us her forearm tattoo which is a giant ass spoon and that's awesome very cool I run it's out very of pretty every too.
2: fucking day every <laughs> fucking day <laughs>
1: um yeah and the other thing too is that like people don't understand is like it's not just the okay we're working on your crate stuff it's no, there's a lot of other mental work that gets done and so you're you're doing extra training on top of your normal regimented training to try to get yep. this dog to be comfortable in the situation and like every, everybody always points to abuse but it's like honestly some dogs just don't like being contained it's like some people don't and like if they've had a long enough history being pushy buttheads and getting their way all the time and screaming loud enough or injuring themselves or whatever to get out of that situation well then get Guess what? That, that's a yeah. very deeply reinforced um, behavior.
2: And I, really I don't know if you guys deal with this with your clients, like. But my biggest thing, I can't crate train because of my neighbors. I can't crate train because of my roommate. And I'm like, fuck your neighbors and fuck <laughs> your roommate. <laughs> because if you had a baby, right? That's how I always say, like, to my yeah. clients: if you no. had a baby, you wouldn't be apologizing to your neighbors for your baby crying in the night. Right. And you have chosen to have a dog and you've chosen to invest your time into that dog. Please crate train. Because also it's, I try to explain to people, crate training is like my, like, like the big job, like I'm just going to get a hoodie that says crate your fucking dogs. (laughs) And, um, and the biggest thing is, is I I, I will, will, will all wear them. Like our dogs need the crate. Just imagine when you send your dog to the vet and they're stressed, stressed especially out, right the crate, especially right
1: now, especially right now, you can't go into any vet's office. You have to no. do drop off. No, no, you have to
2: drop off. Like if you have to travel, if there's an emergency, what happens if you get sick and your dog needs to go get fostered somewhere? Like there are so many what ifs that like my dogs, I want them to be as comfortable in the crate when I'm there as they are when I'm not there, mm-hmm. and I practice. Some people will walk in and they're like, "Where are all your dogs?" I'm in like, their goddamn crates. They're in the crates. <laughs> like where? Where else are they going to be? Like they're not free range running around my house. And and they get to rest. They get downtime. They download. And you know, I always it's always my big line is is that like it is so important to let your dog decompress and download in their own space, not on your couch not on the floor next to you. Like that's not rest. Like they need rest.
0: So that's, that's, I could talk about this for a long time. I support this argument.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many times where I've either like come home from work or just had a day, you know, and Mm -hmm. Lee's like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, stare at a fucking wall. I want you to leave me Mm -hmm. alone so I can stare at this wall. Literally. And especially after a day of like, daycare or something like that. I like I, I understand why crateless or kenneless daycares exist. I, I do. And and I think you know there is a place for them, right? However, that being said, I think that's skirting the problem, right? Because most of the people that are gonna go there are going to go either if it's if you don't believe in it because of ethics or whatever, I could logically argue all the reasons why and it doesn't matter because it's ethics versus logic and and those two things aren't comparable. However, if you're just like, well, my dog sucks at being in a crate, so I'm going to go find a crateless thing. Like, yes, you're cr- yes, now there's a solution for you, but it's not the right solution for your dog, yep. right? Especially if it's just going and getting exhausted. Like one thing that I try to like caution all of my clients with who who do go to daycare is just don't go like the people who go five days a week i'm just like what the no pay me to take your dog on like stimulating outings and stuff like that instead like what are you no that's too much and they're like my dog's becoming reactive to dogs is it aggression and i'm like no no
0: shit dog is just chaos
1: all (laughs) the time they see dogs and they elicit chaos that's it there's no in between um have you seen those daycares that like or it's more like a cocktail party and every dog is just standing there politely. Like that shit blows my mind That That looks cool as fuck. I want so to go.
2: So let's look at it like this though. Daycares are going to keep us in business. Yeah. True. Because true. We're, we're, <laughs> right. I always say da- daycares and dog parks are going to keep me in business for life. Especially right. Dog parks. Because So yeah. So if, I think I heard it from Chad Mackin. and, Um, when I did, uh, one of his seminars, like five, six years ago, and it's like, it's stuck with me and it's somebody else said it, but he said it and it's dog parks are disease infested fight clubs, right? Like they are like, there's a bunch of people that don't understand dog body language, throwing a bunch of overstimulated, overadrenalized dogs into a mosh pit and letting them figure this shit out by themselves and expecting everybody to get along.
0: Yeah. And right. sometimes, and then you had, often, like, throwing toys.
2: I was good, literally just going to say, and then somebody brings a tennis ball in yeah, and wonders why yeah. everybody's trying to kill each other. <laughs> One time, um, I and, a
1: neighbor of mine when I lived in an apartment <laughs> complex because they were, like, throwing around a Kong with a resource garter, and the Kong had peanut butter still in it oh my from God, earlier this is how you die. Day. <laughs> yeah, I died. yelled. I yelled. This was actually before I was a trainer, um, and I yelled at them so much. And I was I, I, otherwise, I would have given them my card. I mean, like you're going to need this when your dog eventually starts to fight. Bye. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then, yeah, and then daycare. I always tell them, I'm like, okay, so daycare wasted is a thing, and nobody mm-hmm. feels good when they're hungover ever. Mm-hmm. Nobody. And I'm like, yeah, your dog is tired, but they're like, there's a difference between the, like being mentally stimulated, tired, like mentally exhausted with a balance of physical than just being like balls to the wall, like open mouth, tongue out, eyes rolled, like, you know, that crazy, like that people are like, look at my dog is smiling. I'm like, oh my God, your dog is on. No. No, you know, and it, it, no. And it's always like, I send my dog because they have separation anxiety and it makes it so that they can sleep in the crate. And I'm like, yeah, because they're so exhausted, you know, and exhaustion isn't a good thing for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it is like a big thing. And I think that like, it's really hard. And again, but at the end of the day, um, we don't know what we don't know. Yep. And a lot of those people really truly you know think that they are doing the best for their dog and yeah, i always try to kind of like find that balance
0: i i uh i started off in daycares and you know mm-hmm. doing boarding and daycare and kennel tech and all that and so like i thought i was doing the best i could with the dogs the lord's work <laughs> 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 those dogs needed me they needed me to show up to work and feed them and let them out yeah. had to pee you know uh and you know, I didn't know what I didn't know. Yeah. And as I learned more, you know, I evolved, and now I'm, mm-hmm.
1: now I'm here. And um, to be fair, there are also good daycares out there that do yeah. have nap time, and they they rotate crate rotate, but they also like monitor and manage and maybe they even split mm-hmm. groups into play styles and those yep. types of things. So it's not yep. like the all daycares are bad. <laughs> That's not what we're yeah, saying. Yeah, exactly. All, just to be clear. No, like, we're not. Um, it's the
2: generalized gen, like I call it gen pop, like the yeah. gen pop daycare yes. where everybody goes and plays and, you know, um, and I think it's just like really hard. And and I always feel that a lot of times daycares are opened by dog lovers And not like dog professionals. And I think that, again, going back to best intentions at play, like they want what are tired. It's like their own community. Everybody loves it. They have like treats when they leave. It's, but again, like it isn't right. You know, like a lot of times I see dogs that are, um, in those play groups and those pictures in like local dog, um, doggy daycares. And I'm just like, if I could just get my hands on that dog, the cool things that I could be doing with that dog. And
1: um, or or those dogs that like have always gone to daycare since they were a puppy. And then now they're suddenly snapping at dogs all the time. And it's like, yeah, because they're fucking exhausted and tired of everybody's shitting. (laughs) They've had to play with everybody's shit too much. Yeah.
0: (laughs) My very first professional dog job was working for an insane lady who had been a banker her whole life, but decided to invest in a kennel free doggy daycare. And it was just going to be glorious. Well. It was going to be glorious. <laughs> Everything was separated by baby gates and she knew nothing about dog language. So she hired me cause, cause I applied and basically begged for the job <laughs> and she was like, okay. And then I was just like, Hey, you should maybe do this and this and just started like, you know, maneuvering the dogs. Yeah. And she was like, wow, you just know a lot, huh? And I'm like, I guess, uh,
1: yeah. You yeah, should probably you, know at least this much. <laughs> you
0: should know this much if you're going to run a dog business. And oh, that was crazy lady. Super crazy. Yeah. I feel like we all
2: have had that like first job that we have, even when we called like when I called myself a trainer, I shouldn't have done that.
0: Um, you <laughs> how, know? how did you get started? I don't think we talked yeah. about that.
1: Oh, uh, so, Do we have time um, for that story? I mean, technically, our time's up. I was about to wrap up. So we can tell it on the Patreon. So let's let's
0: pay (laughs) that for the Patreon. Oh,
1: (laughs) if you want to know about how Hannah laura became a trainer. (laughs) Oh, the mystery. Oh, the (gasps) sense. It only costs $3, okay, for a whole month. And you could like load up on all of the content. I think it's five. Don't lie to people. I think it's five. Okay, don't lie.
2: I'm sorry. I was going to say that's less
1: than a beer. But then five is like. Oh, not Boston.
2: Find us now. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: true. <laughs> so, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate your support, um, Hannah Lore. If people want to get in contact with you, if they're up in the Northeast, yes, Northeast, yes. Yep. And New in also, yeah, New England. Also, their Instagram is fucking amazing. Plug yeah. your shit. Yeah. Right,
2: um, so we're Boston for the dogs. We're in Boston. Uh, Bounce training, structured daycare. And structured pack hikes, which are really awesome. And we do a lot of community stuff. I always say that I'm training my dogs so I can go to the brewery with them and they can be invisible under a table. Like, right? Coolest dog in the brewery. Um, You can hit us up on our website, uh, www.bostonforthedogs.com. And, uh, yeah, that's how you get a hold of us. And, again, Instagram is awesome for the dogs and we also have the our bftd training lab facebook page which is super fun which is really just hilarious videos of um what happens at the training lab <laughs> yesterday was a circus it's like the weird stuff like that so happens at the lab <laughs> yeah <was> <laughs> might, yeah they have a lot of fun so um definitely hit us up on social media we're super fun and um feel free to hit me up i love i love people also i have a facebook group called trainers supporting trainers which really mm. is actually a, a I shouldn't have called it trainer supporting trainers because it's really like broad spectrum um dog stuff we really um I love supporting people I love people plugging themselves that's like a big thing yeah. for me so hey, ben, um, if you got I'm a joined. dog
1: you're a trainer whether you yeah. like it or not whether you sign yeah. up for the role yeah. or not you're a fucking trainer now
0: it's a lifestyle baby yeah <laughs> totally I wish I had Facebook <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: I <laughs> It's okay. I'll show you stuff. Okay, I'll just thank be like, you. look at what happened today. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> catch you later. Check out our Patreon. Bye. Leave us a review. Um, share. Tell your friends. Subscribe if you haven't already subscribed. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Look at my bun just bopping around. Dude, I got like super, I got a left uh, wiggle bun. Wow. Yeah. One of
0: your wiggles. The other one does not move at all. That's yeah, amazing. the buns are so
1: we